turn with me this is going to be very simple tonight turn with me to Psalm 23 verse 1 this is something that God dropped into my spirit today this morning is a word from God for us Thank you to all those who helped carry the load of ministry this past weekend. And, uh, my preaching venue changed, but I believe it was the will of God. And uh, instead of being in Michigan, we were in southern Indiana. There was one that got the Holy Ghost for the first time Sunday night, and there were several others that were refilled with the Holy Ghost. And there was a lady who's only been in church a couple of months, and God rocked her world. It was one of those moments I said, you know what, sweetheart, why don't you just go ahead and sit down, that way you don't worry about falling but even though she was sitting down she kept reaching out and grabbing the pew in front of her she just holy ghost was just rocking her and then she got out of her pew and started praying with other people and it was just i thought we were going to go through the floor in that old baptist church they uh they're in this rented facility right now since their, their church had burnt down two and a half years ago they've been fighting with their insurance company and, and uh you know, it's one of those things that you can almost hear that old building saying, hey, thank you for giving me purpose. I mean, for I, I, they believe it was the first church building built in Crothersville, that city. And uh, Baptist folks that had the building built across the street. And when their church building burnt, they called Brother Miles and they said, hey, you can We've got a building for you to use. And, uh, but man, that building's never been shouted in like that before. And uh, there's a couple of floor joists that need replaced. <laughs> you can feel them and say, oh, I don't think that big guy needs to be jumping right there. But Holy Ghost held the floor joist together. Jesus' name. We had a good time. And uh, let me just tell you, Food poisoning is no joke either. It was rough. So I don't know how long I'm going to preach tonight. Feeling pretty good, but we'll see. Jesus' name. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup 
runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Verse 4. God dropped these four words into my spirit today. Yea, though I walk. Yea, though I walk. Put our Bibles down. Let's go before the Lord in prayer tonight. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for all you have done. We thank you for all that you're doing. God, we praise you. We magnify your name. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, I thank you for your people. Thank you for your church. Thank you for this city. Thank you for your word pray, God, that you would use us to help change a life this week. God, I pray that your word would not just stay inside these four walls, but God, that your word would flow through our city tonight, that your will would be done. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Psalm 23 is not unfamiliar. It is, in fact, the most quoted of all psalms. You would likely be able to find people that didn't even know it was a Bible verse, but would still recognize the words. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We understand that David is portraying himself, not as a shepherd, but as a sheep. The opening line of this chapter shows us to whom David is giving the title of shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. David is pointing toward God as being the good shepherd. And David is saying, and because I'm allowing him to be my shepherd, I shall not want, or I shall not be in want of anything. The language is partly of past and present experience, but it's also partly with confidence for the future. David is saying, I have not been in want. I am not in want. And I will not be in want in the future. We find that theme throughout the Word of God. In Deuteronomy 2 and verse 7, we find Israel looking back on their wandering through the wilderness and says, For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. Thou hast lacked nothing. They're able to stand at 
the precipice of going into the promised land and they're, they're looking back over the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. They're looking back over 40 years of Moses' ministry and he's saying, you have lacked nothing. The Lord has been with you these 40 years and you've not lacked anything. Your clothes have not worn out. Your shoes have not worn out. You've never had to go hungry You've never had to go thirsty. God has provided everything that you have need of. And so from this point looking back, you can say, I've got a testimony. From this point looking back, you can say, look what the Lord has done. From this point looking back, you can say, there were times I shouldn't have made it, but I made it because God is with me. There are times that I can stand here and I can look back and say, I didn't know how that was going to work out, but God made it work out. I didn't know how this was going to happen, but God made it happen. I didn't know how that situation was going to end well, but God allowed it to end well. You can look back and say there were times that I was thirsty and my own thirst brought me to the water of Marah. And it was bitter. That's where my searching got us to. That's where my communication skills and my navigation skills got us to. But I was standing there at the edge of a bitter water without another solution. And God said, Moses, cut down a branch and throw it in the water. And God took where I brought myself to and somehow made it sweet. And stand here and look back and know, lacked nothing. And then looking forward to a land of promise, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 9. It's the same setting. The venue has not changed. Moses is giving the same speech that he gave, or the same sermon, the same talking to. The same pastoral fireside chat. Chapter 2, but in verse 9 of chapter 8, he said, A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. He had been standing there and looking back and said, You didn't lack anything. Now they're standing in the same spot looking forward. And he's saying, You're going to a place where you're going to eat bread without scarceness. And you're not going to lack anything in it. He said, I want you to know that we're in a place right now where we're not lacking anything. Because God is provider. We've been through some things. And God has been provider. But we're going elsewhere. We're moving forward. We're marching on. We're going to a land of promise. And there, I want you to, I know there's giants in the land. I know there's adversaries in the land. But I want you to know before you get there, you're not going to lack anything there. Just like you're not lacking anything here. It's just like you've not lacked anything there. You see the theme. He said, I'm the God which is right here. 
The God which was back there and the God which is to come. He's saying, I want you to understand. I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. I want you to know I got your present covered. I've had your past covered and I've got your future covered. Land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. That means you're not going to have to worry. About a pandemic cleaning off the shelves. Everybody running to get the bread and milk. Toilet paper and gasoline. You're not going to lack anything in it. I mean, okay. This is a commercial break. Did anybody here really lack toilet paper? I mean, did anybody really like, like man, I'm down to the last row. Please, you did? Girl. You ain't living right. Brother, he's been on a roll for years. I mean... Has anybody really thought, man, I'm, I'm on empty in my tank, and I've seen so many gas stations that say out of fuel. I know some of us have been empty, driving below E. That happened without the pandemic, Sister Angie. Hmm. I've run out of gas twice. One time I could see the gas station. The second time I pulled up to the gas pump. Actually, no. The car, my truck died. And I popped that sucker in neutral and coasted in to the gas station. Didn't have to push. That was without a pandemic. But I have not been to the place where I'm like, man, I need fuel and the gas station is out of gas. No. No, I have not. You're going to eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron. Listen to the words of Moses. Moses was not a geologist. Moses was a shepherd. This is the word of God. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. God is expanding their knowledge goes beyond bread. There's natural resources that are there that you're going, if you're willing to dig, there's going to be some things that you can pull out of the ground itself. Psalmist wrote in chapter 34 in verse 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. In chapter 84 and verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. You can see the theme tonight. If I make up my mind, I'm going to live for God. Come hell or high water, I'm going to live for God. God said, 
somebody, I got your back. I've got your sides. I've got your future. I've got your past. I've got your present. There's nothing that you're going to have to worry about. That doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. But yea, though I walk. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. We understand, and you've heard me preach it before. You're going to hear it again tonight because I'm going to drive it home. Sheep that are lying down have been fed. They have a sense of security. They've been they've been led to not just any water, but they've been led to still water. It's water that they can drink from. It's not tumultuous rapids that incite fear and anxiety. But there is within the Holy Ghost filled child of God a wellspring of living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I've got the past covered. I know you didn't know how the miracle was going to happen when you're standing there in front of the Red Sea. And you're trapped. And you're thinking, man, even if everybody in the congregation could swim, there's no way we'll get everybody across in time. I know you didn't know then how it was going to work out. But you needed to remember that God didn't start working at the Red Sea. You need to remember years ago. Well, let's, let's take it back a step further. You need to remember the ten plagues. God said, I didn't start performing miracles at the Red Sea. It was just another opportunity. It was just another moment for glory for God. It was just another opportunity for God to prove himself to you. It started in your life in ten plagues. It started before then with Joseph and a famine. started before then with Jacob wrestling with an angel. And having his name changed. God's saying, I didn't start dealing with you. I didn't start dealing with your family at this given moment in history. But I've brought you here to let you understand I've worked in the past. I'm going to work in your present. And I'm going to work in your future. And you can follow it all the way back to the Garden of Eden when God started dealing with mankind. And God said, you know what? I'm going to cover the sin. I'm going to make a way where there was no way. I know that it's a dark time. I know you've had uh, some mistakes in your past. Adam, Eve, I know you fell. But yea, though I walk, God said, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Word of God says that if a sparrow falls from the sky, the Lord knows about it. And yea, aren't you worth more? A sparrow. 
maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I've been fed. There is a sense of security that should come with living for God. There is a a release, a, a hope that should come with living for God. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I don't have to figure it out on my own. I, I don't see it, but I don't have to see it. It's a divine covering. Divine release of responsibility. I'm going to use wisdom. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to follow after Him. And I'm going to let God work out the details. It's preaching Sunday night. And, and there's so much. There's, there's a big backstory. Brother Miles, their church building, Crothersville, burnt down two and a half years ago insurance company has yanked them around they could have sued the insurance company in fact they still could elder miles said we're not going to do that we just want our building sitting there and i'm preaching on sunday night and there's somebody in the congregation i start preaching about that you know bishop's been waiting on the sound of a going we're not just doing things however we want to do them. We're not just going to take authority and dominion in the same way. We're waiting on the plan of God. We're preaching about the plan of God for them. And somebody in the congregation pulls out a checkbook and writes a check for $7,000 for the building fund. I know there's been times when Brother Miles said, I don't know how it's going to work out, but let me tell you, when you're seeking the Lord, when you're seeking the will of God. So, Pastor, they're going to build a multi-million dollar building. They are. But hey, somebody's saying, hey, I want to sow into the vision. I want to sow into the vision. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. There's a divine peace that begins to take over my heart and my mind. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. It's not for my name's sake, but He's leading me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Make no mistake that there are folks that watch you and watch how you respond. You say, well, Pastor, we not, I just thought that things were going to be a little bit different when I started living for God. No, time and chance happeneth to all. The rain falleth on the just and the unjust alike. Life happens to everybody. Which is why there's a verse 4 in Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God, you're leading me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Let's not forget it's for God's name's sake. And there are folks that are watching us, watching how we're going to respond. And how I respond is a testimony to the name of the Lord. It's a testimony for the plan of God that He wants to instill into their world, into their lives. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We read it in Job 13 and verse 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I will maintain mine own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation. Job saying, when I don't understand how it's going to work out, there's one thing that I know how to do. I know how to maintain my walk with God. When I don't understand it, when I don't see it, when I'm struggling with it, I'm going to maintain mine own ways. Yay, oh, I walk. Yay, oh, I walk. I'm going to keep on walking this way. I'm going to keep walking in paths of righteousness. I'm not stopping. I'm not backing off. I'm not backing down. You're not going to find me sitting I'll maintain my own ways before him we could dissect the language that Job used he said I'll maintain mine own ways He's not saying, I'm going to do my own thing after the will of my flesh. But what Job is saying is, I've consecrated my life to the point that my ways are his ways. I'm sacrificing my flesh to the point that his ways are my ways. I want his thoughts to be my thoughts. Yea, though I walk. fact of life is that not every day is going to be easy. There are going to be hard days. There are going to be hard weeks. There are going to be hard months. There are going to be hard years. There are going to be hard seasons. There are going to be days when my soul needs to be restored. Fear no evil. But thou art with me, thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. There are going to be days when my soul needs to be restored. Needs to be refreshed. It needs to be sustained. The language literally means sustains my life refresheth or quickeneth. Psalm 19 and verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, quickening the soul. Testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It elevates me beyond my own cognitive ability. It elevates me beyond my own mental capacity to where people are saying, man, this stuff that's going on in your life, why in the world are you smiling? Are you dumb? Are you stupid? I must be. I must be because I'm not worried about it. How can you not be worried about it? I don't know. But he's making wise and simple. I might be, I might appear to be simple-minded. I might appear to be off my rocker. I might appear to be... Uh, Whatever, a couple fries short of a happy meal. But let me tell you that when I get in the presence of God, when I find myself a place to pray, when I walk the walk, even when I don't feel it, even when I'm worried about it, even when I'm struggling with it, even when I'm unsure about it, yea, though I walk, He elevates my reasoning. He elevates my analytics. He elevates and boosts my faith. 
The fact of life is that my soul needs a place of recuperation. My soul needs a place of restoration. Church is one of those places. Your prayer closet is one of those places. Worship service is one of those places. Your walk with God is one of those places. Your daily Bible reading is one of those places. Even when it's First Chronicles 1 through 7. And his son, and his son, and his son, and his son. Because it's not just about the letter of the law. It's about the spirit of the law. And Brother Craig, when I'm reading the word of God, even when it's the begats, and even when it's boring, and even when it's not Samuel chopping Agag into pieces. Man, that's what I want to do to my adversary. Even when it's the begats, Brother George, the spirit of the word can reach out and rejuvenate. Believe it or not, I got a message today in the begats. Just so you know, I've been reading them. You hear that Sunday night. My daily Bible reading is one of those places. My daily prayer life is one of those places. Driving your vehicle down the road with your mind fixed on the Lord is one of those places. Walking down the hallway of a hospice facility can be one of those places. The altar is one of those places where my soul is rejuvenated. Where my soul is regenerated and refreshed and quickened. Yea, though I walk. It's what I do through the hard times. What do I do, Pastor? How do I respond? That's the thought that hit me today out of the blue. It wasn't really out of the blue, but God wanted me to share it with you tonight. Those four simple words. Yea, though I walk. What's the key for getting through? Don't stop walking. Don't stop moving as hard as it might get. Pick up one foot and put it in front of the other. Yay, though, I want. God, I'm struggling. Pick up that foot. Put it in front of the other one. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't either, but we're going to get through it. I don't know. God, I'm feeling down today. Pick up that foot. Let's take another step. Let's move a little bit further. We read Psalm 23 and verse 4 and we, we focus, we put brackets around the valley of the shadow of death. We think that that's, we assume, maybe it's just me, we assume that that just means the end of physical life. And there are scriptures that refer to that phrase, the valley of the shadow of death, that way. That it's about the, the ending of natural life. But it's not only the ending of physical natural life. It also refers to in several places, Psalm 23 and verse 4 being one of them. Places of overwhelming darkness. Places where the shadows are so dark 
that it feels like death is pressing in. Don't forget that even death is subject to Jesus Christ. Valley, shadow of death. Even said so there are days when everything feels like it's closing in on me. Where I don't know where to turn. Verse 3 leads me in paths of righteousness. So while everything else is closing in, I'm on this path of righteousness. I haven't gotten off of it. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on moving forward. One day at a time. One moment at a time. That doesn't mean that, that the shadows are going to recede. It doesn't mean that the sun is just going to pierce through and everything's going to be hunky-dory and I'm going to catch a ride on the ice cream truck and ride the rest of the way out of the valley with lollipops and ice cream. But what it means is that, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, hell, I want you to know I'm still walking. How I want you to know I'm still moving. I want you to know I haven't stopped. One songwriter said it this way. It was a country song just in case you were wondering. If you're going through hell, keep on moving. Don't stop. You might get out before the devil even knows you're there. Even when I'm walking through hell, I'm going to keep moving forward. Even if I'm walking through turmoil, I'm going to keep moving forward. I know that the road of life takes us through areas that are overshadowed by all kinds of dangers. They're surrounded by all kinds of fears. We're surrounded by all kinds of feelings. We're surrounded by all the potential danger. It's a dark and it's a gloomy place. But yea, though I walk, at no point does David say I'm going to stop walking. At no point does David say I think I need to sit down and rest. I know there's times, I know there's situations where my soul needs rejuvenated and I need to take a break, but the valley of the shadow of death is not one of them. I'm not stopping. I'm moving forward. I'm pressing forward one foot at a time, one step at a time. We keep walking. We keep moving. Psalm 27 and verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Start reading down through Psalm 23. And in verse 4, you notice the shift. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Certain kind of language there. Verse 3, please. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. The language changes. Yea, you're fine. Verse 4, thank you. Yea, though... I walk 
through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He stopped using pronouns, and he starts using personal pronouns. He leadeth me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me. Now it's, yea, though I walk. He just made it personal. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou, it's not he anymore. The focus has been turned. He's saying, okay, God, there's getting ready to be a shift here. We're getting ready to make this thing personal. Thou art with me. When I walk through the struggle, I'm not alone. You're with me. You're my light. You're my salvation. You're the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 40, uh, yes, Isaiah 43 in verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. You've heard it said before, you were created Jacob, created a supplanter, created a deceiver. That's who you were born as a fleshly man. But I didn't leave you there. I formed you. Oh, Israel, I formed you as we wrestled through the night. I touched the hollow of your thigh. The sinew shrank. You halted or limped on that the rest of your life. I know to everybody on the outside, your physical stature changed. Physical stature appears weaker. Why are you living for God like that? A bunch of rules, a bunch of regulations. You're not an individual anymore. The world, you appear weaker. But he said, I'm not, that's not who I formed you to be. I formed you into the prince of nations. Goes beyond just what you can see, Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When you pass through the water, call me out upon the water. I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. He's saying, I know you're going to be put into some tricky spots because life happens. There's going to be times where you feel like you're going to drown. There's going to be times when you feel like you're going to be overtaken. There are going to be times when it feels like you're going to be swept away. There are times when you feel like you're going to be consumed in the fire, but you're not going to be burned. You're not going to be overflown. You're not going to be swept away because I am with you. beginning of Psalm 23, it's as though the sheep is boasting to the guy in the next field. Say, man, look at how good I've got. This grass is perfect. The water is cool. I mean, look at how fat I am. Got it going on. My shepherd's got it going on. How unfortunate it is for you 
Then in verse 4, he stops talking about the shepherd. And he starts talking to the shepherd. It becomes a discourse deep affection. Let me pause and say that a lot of times the rawness rawness that we feel in those moments of darkness is the peeling back of the layers of our veneer the walls that we put in place so nobody sees the, the weakness and the insecurity. And I'm not saying we walk around with our feelings on our sleeves. Or that that's what we should do. We start feeling the rawness and, and we start feeling out of control and I don't know what to do and I don't know how uh, the, the, I'm, I'm going to survive. I feel overthrown. I feel overflowed. But a lot of times it's the peeling back of that veneer that allows our raw emotion to be exposed to God in a deep way that allows God to be able to minister deeply to our spirit. That it's the rawness of the valley of the shadow of death that says, you know what, God, I, I feel like I'm being overwhelmed right now and I feel some deep emotion. And God's saying, you know what, that's okay. Let me minister deeply to you. Don't stop walking. Keep praying. Keep seeking God. Many times it's not until we've walked with Him through deep troubles that we discover that He can lead us to find our refreshment in Him even in the middle of difficult times. I know I can trust you on the surface, but when the rubber meets the road and it feels like everything's falling apart, that's when we learn that He can trust us in our most vulnerable situation, in our most vulnerable state, that God can pick up the shattered pieces and say, you know what, you keep walking. You keep putting one foot in front of the other. Let me minister to you. Let me minister deeply. But I just don't feel like I should have to do that. I just don't feel like I should allow myself to get to that point. Jesus Christ did. To the point where the one gospel says that the angels came and ministered unto Him. They weren't God. He was. God manifest in the flesh. 100% human and 100% God. And the angels had to come and minister to Him to prove to you and I that there are times where we need to allow the raw emotion of life to pour out of us. Not, not pouring out at people, but poured out at the feet of God. Say, God, this is where I am. I'm walking through the path. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow. God, I'm being overshadowed by darkness. I've got situations that I'm, I feel are out of control. Yea, though I walk. In spite of all of that, 
I'm walking. In spite of all of that, I need you to come minister to me. All the dangers of the rampaging river, the avalanche, the rock slides, the poisonous plants, the ravages of predators that raid the flock, the storms of sleet and hail, the snow, all of those things are familiar to the shepherd. Nothing took him by surprise. He was fully prepared to safeguard his sheep. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Staff was used to reach out and pull those sheep back to help guide them. The rod was much shorter. The shepherd was trained. It was hard wood. He was trained to throw that. He was trained to use that as a weapon. He said, God, I know. Psalmist was saying, God, I know there are times where you've pulled me back and you saved me. There were times where you defended me. There were times that you went after my enemy. God, you have both protected and fought. You have been both nurturing and authoritative. That's why we don't have to stop walking. That's why we can keep our minds on the shepherd and we can allow him to guide us through the valley. I'm almost done. Musicians, come. John 16 and verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Just because we're living for God doesn't mean that life is not going to happen. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Matthew 28 and verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Most of the time, that's where we stop. Verse 20 says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. Even if it's to the end of the world that you travel to, spreading and sharing the gospel, I'll be with you. No matter where the mission sends you. No matter where the gospel carries you, I'll be with you. And no matter if the world, the physical world is coming to an end, no matter if there are wars, no matter if there are rumors of wars, no matter if there is turmoil, I am with you always. Yea, though I walk. The language for those four simple words not only means if I'm walking on my own. It also means if I'm being carried through the valley of the shadow of death.
if there are other forces that are pushing me through, if it's a combative situation, if life is happening and I'm just being pushed through and I feel like I'm being overwhelmed, you're with me. You're with me. You're with me. I can have comfort. I can have comfort. Jesus told his disciples, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. If you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you've been filled with the comforter. And you don't have to stop walking, but you can put one foot in front of the other tonight as we stand all over this sanctuary. It does not matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're going through today, and it doesn't matter what you'll go through in the future. Moses was standing there with the children of Israel, and he's saying, listen, I know that you have not yet attained everything that God has for you, but I want you to know that today, God God woke you up this morning with manna on the ground, and I want you to know that from this point backward 40 years, God has had you in the palm of his hand. Never once have you lacked anything. You're not lacking anything today, But I also want you to understand you're not going to lack anything in the future. Yea, though I walk, I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep lifting my hands. I'm going to keep lifting my voice. I'm going to keep maintaining my own ways. I'm going to keep maintaining my relationship with God, my walk with God. He's going to carry me through. He's going to support me through. He's going to walk with me. He's going to walk with me. This altar is open tonight. I wonder if I have anybody that would come and say, you know what, Pastor? I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other tonight. 